Welcome to the Fuji X Australia podcast. Brought to you by the Fuji X Oz Facebook group. Now here's your host, Joe Jong. Welcome back everyone to the second episode of the Fuji X Oz podcast. As always, I have uh, Ian Tan, our Melbourne admin with me. Hey, hey everybody. Hey Joe, how you doing? Good, good. How's the weekend uh, coming along? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. School holidays, um, so you know it's it's quiet. Every, you know, I can see people on on the group and on forums posting, getting out, doing some shooting. So yeah, I think it's 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 been a good weekend. Yeah, yeah, and uh, not to mention, you know, for anyone who drives into work Monday to Fridays, they should find that the roads a lot more uh, uh, easy and not as congested as during the peak hours. Yes. So that's always good. All right. So I mean, our first episode it was well received, and we've had uh, a, a number of positive feedbacks about it. We've also had uh, Lee Dipperos from Fujifilm Australia send us a, a nice kind message, which we'll uh, play for you guys uh, shortly. And um, yeah, so what we're going to do is we're going to start our second episode and I think we'll probably address the elephant in the room first. So uh, the DigiDirect and our discounts with them, yeah. uh, as, as many of you guys mm -hmm. may know, is currently suspended until further notice. So for those who haven't been reading the forums or, or, or been active in the group, the discounts that we offer to all our members is currently suspended and that's due to uh you know not just one individual but but a number of people not taking the correct behavior or, or the correct approach and and kind of abusing the system and, and trying to use uh, cheap tactics to try and shave another couple of bucks here and there so because of that it's put a lot of i guess stress on you know, the admin team as well as the guys at DigiDirect, and, and they do a wonderful job in, in supporting our group, and they've been been great supporters since the group ever started. So, you know, it's it's unfortunate that we have to kind of come to this, but I think most groups, as they grow, you know, these kind of things are bound to happen. So, uh, just want everyone to know that the admin team and myself, we're we're currently working on a plan to come up with a new set of guidelines to set the standards and what we expect in in terms of discounts and and etiquette in, in in using these, but. Uh, hopefully we'll, we'll we'll get to the bottom of this, and we'll we'll have some some new plans, and and uh, hopefully we'll we'll bring the uh, discounts back. But um, otherwise, uh, yeah, just sit tight, guys. Uh, shouldn't be too too far now. But um, apart from that, there's some crazy deals going on. So if anyone hasn't noticed, Fujifilm finished off their last cashback, and have just released another cashback. This Amazing. time it's $350 off camera bodies. So that is their flagship X-T2 and the X-H1. $350 off the body, guys. I mean, that is the highest I've ever seen when, when it comes to cashback on, on a camera body from Fuji. Uh, Ian, what, what do you think of that? Yeah, I think that's uh, a really, really good time to get an X-T2 body or an X-H1 if you've been thinking about it. But the great part about it is that you don't have to think in a hurry. Um, this cashback offer goes all the way till the 16th of January 2019. That's next year, folks, past Christmas. Oh, so gee. you have a lot of time to think about it. You've got a lot of time to consider your options. But from my point of view, the X-T2 and the X-H1, they're great cameras. You will take some excellent photographs with them. They're very capable. If, if you're considering upgrading from an X-T10 or an X-T1, um, if you want to come up to something a little more current, the X-T2 or the X-H1, depending on, on your needs, is, uh, is, is a great option to consider right now. 
yeah, what do you reckon, Joe? Do you reckon you'll be in there to, to get a second body for yourself or a third <laughs> body maybe? I know you just well, went down to an X100. <laughs> <laughs> well, the funny thing is, I mean, you, you can't help but wonder from a strategic point why Fuji has uh, released, um, you know, a, a cash back right after another and you know everyone knows that in september we have the photo Kina, which is usually where all these big uh, you know uh, camera companies announce their latest and greatest yeah. flagship uh, cameras so you know is this a, a strategic way of for fuji to to say hey where we're actually trying to offload our stock because you know once the xt3 comes out chances are people are going to be lining up for that as opposed to the you know xt2 and the xh1 don't know um, hmm. whether it is or not. I mean, we're, but these are all just speculations, and I like yeah. before speculations. I mean, so certainly from a from a commercial standpoint, I can, I can see the rationale for it. Obviously, it's always good to get sales moving on on, on your current lines, and if you're going to release something that's going to be your latest and greatest, your flagship. Uh, it also makes sense to try and support sales of your second tier and third tier products to keep those sales churning on because you have stock of those which you need to keep producing and selling. But yeah, regardless of whether you're considering of upgrading to the X-T3 when and if it gets announced, sometimes having a backup camera is also a, a good thing. And, and, and I know for myself and in my line of work, having a backup camera is a must. Um, I would never dream of going into a job, particularly something like a wedding, uh, without a backup camera because you have one chance to, to get that shot and to, to make it happen for the bride and groom. If you mess it up and you know your camera dies and you don't have a backup, um, yeah, it's going to be a terrible uh, day for all parties involved. If the photo Kina happens to be the time they announce the X-T3, uh, mm. no doubt a lot of us members who, who are, you know, let, let's face it, we, we've all got gas. We're all terribly <laughs> stricken by it, and we yeah. we. But that's you know, all thanks to one particular admin member who, who <laughs> shall remain nameless. <coughs> yeah. Asshole, but, um, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, we, we we don't need much encouragement to, to indulge our gas at all. So the X, if the XT3 comes out, you'll you'll definitely see a lot of people putting their hands up for it and saying, "Take my money, please." Uh, yeah, definitely, and and it could even probably see see a trend in the pre-owns, um, you know, pre-owned XT2s uh, hit the market, but. Mm. It'll be very, very difficult to, uh, I guess, go up against a $350 cashback for a brand new one. Hmm. And, uh, you know, let, let's assume that, you know, hopefully by then, you know, we'll, we'll get a discount with uh, with DG back and, you know, together combined with the 350 cashback. I mean, that, that's a pretty, pretty awesome deal. Um, hmm. Very I, I compelling. Yeah. So, and then on top of that, if, you know, later down the track, you know, you get all these, you know, eBay 20% offs and, I mean, the deals that just keep coming and, you know, I think as a consumer, we're, we're kind of spoiled for choice nowadays. Mm -hmm. um, if, if you guys are thinking for an upgrade, a second body or even a big upgrade from, say, an XT10, definitely make the most of this. But, you know, don't rush into it if, if you're kind of on the fence about, hey, let's maybe wait it out and see whether an XT3 is around the corner. September is not that far off. And don't forget, this cashback goes all the way up until mid-January, you know, as Ian said. So um, you have you know, ample time to, to do the research to, to, to see whether, you know, a second body or an upgrade is, is worth it for you guys. So, yeah. Anyway, um, we'll finish off that and we're going to take a quick break. We're and come tell back. you that uh, quick message uh, we got from Lee. Yeah, yeah. We're going to play the quick message from Lee and then we're going to get uh, into our next segment, which we're going to talk about this much rumored 8 to 16 and the 200 mil <laughs> lens from Fujifilm. Yum, 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 yum. <laughs> All right. So we'll, uh, we'll take a quick break and uh, hopefully you can join us for that segment. 
Hey, ladies and gents, it's Lee here from Fujifilm Australia. I just wanted to say congratulations to everyone involved at Fuji XOS for their new podcast and awesome website. I just want to encourage you all to continue using your Fujifilm cameras, and if you ever get stuck, drop a post in the Fujifilm XOS Facebook community, and Fujifilm Australia will see it and will be glad to assist. We're here to support you guys in what you do, and we're really looking forward to catching up at one of your Fuji XOS events down the track, and also. Check out our Facebook page at Fujifilm X Series AU to check out some of the events that we have coming up because we've got people with cameras coming up in September in Melbourne and Sydney. So be sure to check that out. And I'm sure Fuji XOS will be involved. So hit up Joe for more details in the coming months. Look forward to listening to more in the future. See you soon. Welcome back, guys. So, uh, as discussed, we're now going to talk about the rumors that's been spreading around, and it's um, the 8 to 16 mil and the 200 mil Fuji lenses. So, it's not something that I usually like to talk about, uh, and when it comes to rumors, uh, you know, with speculations and as with everything around the whole rumor mill, you have to take it as a grain of salt. But mm. it's very hard to ignore these two lenses. I mean, there's been so much noise in the past uh, couple of months. And, you know, I remember it was like last year or the year before, you know, when, when these two lenses kind of just popped up uh, on, on the interwebs and people just went crazy over it. It wasn't even around. Like, who would have thought that they'll make like an 8 to 16 wide and a 200 mil? Um, and now, you know, fast forward uh, a couple of years down the track and it's stunning to, to sound like it's it's going to happen. So we thought, well, we might as well talk about it because I know that uh, we, we created a post a while ago, didn't we, Ian, uh, yes. to kind of see what people's ideal wide-angle lens uh, would be. You know, we've seen the likes of, you know, your Sam Yang 12 mils, your the, the latest uh, Laowa 9 mil as well, mm. and, uh, you know, the Fujinon's uh, 14 mil. So this one here is going to basically add to that and give people a lot more, I guess, choices. But not only that, but at 8 mil and being a, you know, a native Fuji lens, th- this is going to basically turn some heads, I reckon. Yeah, I, I, I think so. Um, it'll finally bring a fast wide-angle zoom to the Fujifilm lens lineup. The 10 to 24 is currently Fuji's widest um, zoom, but that's only at an f4. So mm. with this one, an f2.8, it'll bring hopefully what will be the widest rectilinear lens available to Fujifilm shooters, uh, wider than the, than the Laowa 9mm, which is currently the, the widest that you can get, short of a fisheye. And mm-hmm. being a native Fujifilm lens, uh, it should have autofocus, it should pass through all the EXIF metadata to your image files. Mm. Um, yeah, it, it, it looks like a really interesting lens. I, I think one of the, the, the biggest discussion points for, for me anyway is uh, something that was lacking on the Fuji's 10 to 24, which was weather sealing. Uh, you know, because mm. a, a lot of landscape photographers pretty much are out there amongst the elements. And, you know, for example, you know, during our glamping trip, um, I couldn't even pull out the uh, the Lauer 9 mil because of the severe uh, weather that we that we were put up against. So if, if this is something that they would put in a weather ceiling, then it would definitely be one of the important deciding factors among landscape shooters or, or people after a wide angle. But you know, do you think that w- might be a, a an important uh, decision making uh, feature? Certainly, uh, definitely. I think this lens will appeal to landscape shooters, as, as you've said, um, mm. to astrophotography shooters, perhaps, and real estate shooters, because they, they, they often need a, a, a wide uh, lens. Yes. 
So, yes, yes. so I reckon for this lens to be popular um, and for people to really take to it, it needs to be sharp. It needs to be sharp from corner to corner. Um, the distortion on it needs to be well controlled because these qualities are already present in the competitor lenses like the Samyang mm. 12mm or the Laowa yeah. um, and even the XF 14mm uh, even though it's not as, as wide. So people who are interested in this lens will look for these qualities and, and from the mock-ups that we've seen it looks like, what do you, how, how, how large do you reckon it'll be Joe? Oh, look, I mean, from what I've seen, and once again, they, these could just be prototypes or some kind of mock-up and not the actual real thing, but it's pretty big, pretty damn big. Uh, I reckon it looks like it's, it's, in, it's on par with the uh, Fuji 16-55 lens, which is, you know, got quite a bit of a size on that so compared to the Samyang or the Laowa which is yeah, like compared tiny. to the Samyang and the Laowa I mean the Laowa mm. it's, it's funny because I remember when I was when I opened up that box I kind of had a bit of a chuckle and I thought that this was a toy <laughs> it's that simple that you know you can just bring it with you anywhere mm. but now you know with the whole eight mil my, my minor concern is how they control distortion vignetting and whether or not you know there'll be a bit of a you know, fisheye effect on that, yeah. you know, because Samyang's got an eight mil uh, focal length, and and that's a fisheye, I believe. So yeah. if they can achieve that and keep it to a very minimum, uh, at a very, you know, at, at an acceptable level, then I think they've got a winner. That combined with a weather ceiling, yeah, definitely a winner. Um, is it a big deal if they come up with image stabilization on it? I don't think so. In fact, I don't even mm. think they require it. And not only will it add to the price, but also add to the size and weight. Yeah. Uh, and, and for something, you know, you could correct me if I'm wrong, but for something that's, you know, uh, of an ultra wide angle lens, I don't think that's a priority. No, I, I, I'm with you on that. I don't think uh, image stabilization is, is necessary. Um, in, in fact, if, if I had to choose between that and, a as you say, a, a smaller and lighter lens, I'd choose a smaller and lighter lens. I mean, I, I know some people would definitely be, you know, uh, um, asking the question, you know, should Fuji have just gone with, say, an 8mm prime? Because they've already got a great 16mm prime. Well, I don't know. But if I were Fuji, I would take a look at... The, the entire lens ecosystem, not just, you know, mm. not just those manufactured by Fujifilm, but manufactured by third parties like Samyang and, and Laowa. And, mm. and they would know just by surveying their user base that the Samyang 12mm is incredibly popular. Um, so mm. I, I don't know if they need to compete with them. And, and I don't even think they should mm. because obviously the Samyangs are made to compete at that budget end. Um, yeah. And that lens and, and, is already a great performer. You know, it's sharp. Yeah. I, I don't know how much sharper you can make a lens. So I, I don't see why they would feel the need to play in that space. Yeah. And I think, yeah, you're right. Uh, you know, when, when it comes to value to, to performance ratio, nothing beats the, the Samyang, um, you know, for, for the price and performance you get from it. Hmm. It, it. It's hard to beat. So, you, you know, you, you could be right in that it, there is no um, vested interest, you know, for Fuji to kind of you know, either take that from them um, by coming out with their own, um, yeah. Uh, I mean, if, if they do, the margins are going to be so slim, yeah. and you know, yeah. they yeah. might as well not do it. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, interestingly, this eight to sixteen, I think this will be one of their premium wide-angle lenses. Uh, when I say premium, what I mean by that, I think it's going to get the red badge. So, <laughs> you know, the 16 to 55 is a premium. The 50 to 140 is a premium. These all come with the red badge. And I believe the 100, 400 yeah. has also got the red badge. So this pretty much completes the set, if you think about it. So from 8 to 16, mm -hmm. and then from 16 to 55, 
and then from 50 to 140, yeah. and then lastly 100 to 400. So that almost completes the the, the full range when when, you, when you're talking about some um, you know focal length. Yeah. So you know, if, if you're if you want a complete kit to cover all all focal lengths, that might actually be be the path. Really? Mm, so, mm. And, yeah. and, and from that point of view, it, it would make sense for the 8 to 16 to be uh, weather resistant as well. So, Yeah, that's right. Mm. So, you know, in line with the whole red badge, um, uh, you know, uh, properties, they all come with the, the, the weather ceiling. So, yeah, yeah I mean, we, we can only wait and see, I guess. Yeah. Uh, now, yeah. the 200 mil. Now, this one's a... A, a bit of a know. specialist I, lens, I think. A bit of a specialist lens, yeah. So I mean, you know, I, I know that there are a few people out there who 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 are keen and eager to see this uh, this lens, you know, hit the shelves. You know, for me, I, I've seen some of the mock photos uh, out there, and uh, like all 200 or should I say 300 equivalent um, fo uh, mil focal lengths. It is gonna be quite big, and yeah, this this lens this lens would primarily appeal to either sports or, or wildlife shooters. Um, I'd be I'd be the first to admit that I'm I'm not a good source of authority on this because I'm not a sports or a wildlife shooter. But <laughs> but in, in general terms, a sports or a wildlife shooter would require fast and accurate autofocus yep. because firstly, yep. without that everything else is irrelevant yeah 100%. Um, but but this is dependent both on the tech inside the camera body as well as the lens so yeah um so that's that's obviously a concern but apart from that this lens um i think also needs to be sharp wide open um mm. you know to, to make make use of that f 2.8 so that you can get that sharp subject with with um, background separation and, mm. and, that, and that bouquet i'm expecting this lens to be expensive um, oh, I, for think, sure. <laughs> I think I think Ethel and I had had, a, had an interesting conversation, and, and and it'll be you know northwards of of six seven eight k again. Like this is speculation. I'm, wow. I'm, I'm yeah. on no authority on this, but if you look at the equivalent lenses in the full frame um, Canon Nikon uh, family, you'll see that those lenses are not cheap. They're they're expensive specialist lenses. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and they they will be heavy because of the constant f two point eight aperture. So so would you would you think that this one's more I don't know I, I guess suited for you know your monopods or tripods as opposed to hand I, I guess like with all lenses you can handhold them to a certain point. But yeah, again, you, you, if you if you aim if you look at which segment of the market this lens is typically pitched to, you know, sports shooters will be you know on on the edge of the f of, of the football pitch. They'll have a monopod. One of the reasons people switch to to the Fuji film coming over from full frame system is is they they want that decrease in weight for for health reasons or age or whatever. So firstly, this lens, while it is big, it will be nowhere near as big as its full frame equivalent. Um, it should be a lot more portable. So you know, big tick in that box. If it can have that similar uh, accuracy and speed and focus, some some people will say that Fuji still needs to do a lot of work in this area. Um, and, yeah. and I think compared to you know a, a Sony system or, or something like that, they probably do have have some ground to make up. And finally, this is one of those um, gaps in the Fuji lens lineup that they had to fill if they want to appeal to sports and wildlife shooters. So yeah, yeah, I, I think so too. And and it's it's bound to happen. I think uh, the 200 mil. It, it's a very popular lens among uh, you know like you said uh, sports and, and wildlife photographers. So I'm sure that this would definitely appeal to to those guys. I think yeah, this is similar to the GFX. It's, it's it's very niche. It's targeted for, for specific photographers out there, but uh, it's good because they, they're covering and, and they're catering to, to these people. We, 
we, we'll just have to wait and see. And then I've no doubt in my mind, uh, given the, the whole history uh, with, with Fujin, uh, Fuji lenses, it, it's going to be you know amazing. It's going to be tack sharp. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next couple of months uh, in, in this space. So, you know, if you guys are keen on any of these two, uh, these two lenses. Um, happy for you guys to to you know post some you know so some of your own comments, uh, things that you may have found on the internet. Uh, you know post them on our group chats. Uh, you know post them on our forums, and yeah, and just kind of share share some of your your knowledge uh, in in that space. Cool. We're going to come back uh, and talk about this video event that uh, that you have uh, lined up uh, in. So awesome. Uh, we'll have a quick break again, and we'll come back next segment. We're going to talk about a new and exciting event that Ian has planned. Okay, welcome back. So, Ian, you have a video event uh, planned. So, can you describe a little bit more about that? Yeah, I'm pretty excited about this, really. I'm actually planning on putting out a series of short instructional videos um, to go on the Fuji XOS website, which basically just takes you through how to shoot video with your Fujifilm camera. Most of us come from a photography background, so we're already familiar with the concepts of exposure, uh, composition, mm -hmm. uh, etc. But I'd like to build on that and, and help photographers who want to shoot uh, video, you know, transition from photography into that area because I've 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 had uh, quite a few conversations with people where they they, you know, I, I think that's probably the biggest sticking point for them. It's not that they don't know how to work the camera, but it's it's how how, how do I translate shooting things from a photographer's perspective in, into a, a videographer's perspective. So the the content I was thinking of putting up was uh, something introductory, so something that will get you up and shooting within 60 seconds, you know, talking about the basic settings. So these are the settings you need to have your camera on. Then I'll talk a little bit more in detail in, in, in other episodes about frame rates, about shutter speeds, uh, you know, why those things have an impact on your video footage. Um, I, I just want to say straight up that uh, I'm not an expert in video or in cinematography. I've only been at it um, for the last three or so years. But, you know, it is a steep learning curve and I've, I've picked up quite a lot over those three years. So I'd like to share what I can with, with our Fuji community. I think that's a great, you know, a, a great point to make as well in that, um, you know, you're, you're coming from a photographer's background where you're used to shooting stills hmm. and then you transition over into the video uh, segment of it. And I think it's good for those people who, who want to follow those footsteps because you've been down that path. You know all the things, you know, all the obstacles that you have to overcome, uh, you know, things that you picked up along the way. And, you know, sharing that with the group will kind of help them in that whole transition phase as well and not kind of be, uh, I guess, deterred and think, you know, look, this is all too hard or this is too difficult. Mm. Um and, and I think it's a great initiative that you're that you're taking, and and these will be in the form of video uh, introductions or video sessions. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I'm planning to do a series of of short videos. Um, I'll also do some articles just to accompany them. Sometimes people just like to read an article uh, rather yep. than watch a video, so I, I'll I'll do that as well. But the the feedback I keep hearing from people who use Fujifilm cameras for video is that they just love the quality of the videos. Uh, mm. You know how we all have our favorite film simulations for our, when, mm -hmm. we, when we take photographs, you know, whether it's classic Chrome or mm -hmm. Acros or Provia. And you know what? These film simulations will also give you gorgeous video right out of the camera with very little tweaking in, 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 in you know, editing required. So I just want to make, make it easy for, for, for people to, 
So just flick the dial, maybe click a few more buttons and then bang, you're ready to shoot video because uh, these days vid video is so much more engaging for audiences. A, a quick 15, 30 second, 60 second video will, will, will get you more, you know, more, more audience viewing than, uh, than an image where, where they oh, might, they might, they yeah. might just spend, you know, all of uh, half a second or, or two seconds on a photo and then they'll flick up to the next one. But a, mm. a video, you, you, you capture them for that duration of time that they're watching it. So uh, a video definitely gets more engagement. So there's hence, and, and, hence and the interest done, in that. You've done a few behind the scenes shots for, for, for us as well, which, which uh, if anyone's interested, is uh, on our uh, official Fuji XR's website um, under the uh, event section. So if you want to check out some of Ian's behind the scenes videos, I uh, definitely encourage you guys to, to head over there. So some of those, Ian, they're, they're great. I mean, the slow-mos and, and with the whole new firmware upgrade that um, Fuji's mm. released too, is now make that a, a, a very capable uh, camera uh, when it comes to shooting video, hasn't it? Yeah, it has definitely. The you know Fuji pitched the XH1 uh, body pretty much at, at videographers, saying that uh, you know with the inclusion of of the image stabilization in in, in the body allows you to handhold your camera and, and just get all these run and gun type shots where you know you're walking, mm. you're on the move, um, you don't need a tripod because that's an additional piece of equipment that weighs you down. So so the Fuji Fujifilm cameras are great from from that perspective to capture events, uh, weddings, parties. Um, mm. or, or you know and and, and, I, and that's how I've been using it and the great thing about Fuji and their whole Kaizen philosophy when it comes to firmware updates is that they gradually trickle down all these features that are present in their higher end cameras um, all the way down and and you can pretty much bet that if, if you, the hardware on your on your camera you know the sensor the processor can support these features you can pretty much bet that at some point Fuji will trickle these down to your <laughs> so, camera. So are you saying therefore are you saying then that there will be a chance that we're going to see the uh, that that uh, film sim that's only uh, at the moment exclusive to the XH1 which is the is it the Electra or uh, Eterna 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 so yeah. You mean there could be a possibility that we might see that in the XT2 then? Yes, I, I I believe so. Again, I'm no authority on this. I we have no connection to <laughs> Fujifilm. Lee hasn't said anything to me, and, and I don't know anything. But uh, so Fujifilm, if, if you're listening, uh, <laughs> I think those people who who currently have a XT2 and are thinking to venture into videography give us that film sim. <laughs> well i mean they, they they did that with acros right i mean when when they first released oh sorry they did that with classic chrome when they first do you remember when they first released the graphite version of the xt1 or something like that yes um, yes i had that yep yeah classic chrome was was just on that it wasn't available in the black version of the xt1 or xt2 i can't remember which iteration it was but but then in the next firmware update they made that classic chrome available to, to pretty much all the bodies and now it's, it's in everything. So I, I think they, they, they will keep it, uh, you know, exclusive to the XH1 for a certain period and then mm. slowly they'll, they'll, they'll trickle it down. I mean, yeah. that's, they've, they've done that for most of the key features of, of video anyway, like, like with the 120 FPS slow motion, slow motion stuff, they've trickled it down. Um, I see no reason why why they should withhold it. Mm. Um, so with that 120 frames per second, if, you know, for someone who's just interested in shooting, you know, those kind of slow mos, uh, you know, in, in the video, would you then therefore say that the the image stabilization, the in-body Im image stabilization, it doesn't really have a big part to play then if you're shooting everything in slow mo, right? 
yeah, it to, to a point, to a point. It depends point, on, okay. on, on what your transition, on what sort of footage you're taking. If you're on a BMX going up and down the hills, having stabilization or slow-mo is not going to make your footage look palatable at yeah. all. Um, yeah. You know, your audience is going to be throwing up all over the place. But, but the other shortcoming that you have to remember with slow motion is that it doesn't capture any audio. So, oh, yes. so there's no sound. Okay. So the, you know, your, your decision as to whether you, you want to you want to capture everything in slow motion. Yeah, you know, it looks pretty it, it, when, when, when done artistically and tastefully. But then you got to supplement the audio with, you know, a backing track, music or something like that. So again, it's, it's neither here nor there. It, it depends on what you want to do with your video and what the end result is that you want to achieve. The, the in-body stabilization is, is, is not a cure-all for all sorts of shake. Um, yeah. You know, if, if you're going to do a lot of work where you're, you know, running around, if you're trying to follow a bunch of soldiers jumping out of an APC, you probably want to use a proper, properly dedicated proper gimbal. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you're not going to rely on, on, on IBIS for that. So. Okay. And for, for, for listeners who are interested in this, you know, in, in this whole video um, introduction into video, when, when can I expect uh, that the first, um, I guess, series? Well, this uh, this coming Saturday, um, I'm actually holding hosting a, a, a video meetup uh, here in Melbourne, and I one of the ideas I was sort of playing around with, and I sort of decided on was that instead of just doing a meetup where I'd say, hey, you know, this is how you shoot your, this is these are the settings that you need to put your camera on. Why don't you just go out and shoot something pretty for half an hour and come back and show me, uh, which you know, which can work. But I thought, hey, you know what, let's. Let's draw on the creativity and you know the, the, the goodwill that's out there in the Fuji community. Um, come together. Let's actually put it to a specific purpose and let's achieve something. So for this particular event, I want to get people working together so that we can put together this first video on how to shoot video on your Fujifilm cameras. So mm -hmm. yeah, we're doing a video about how to shoot a video. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's so it's almost like a little um, I guess I don't know homework where they they, they take what they've learnt uh, and then they go and, and shoot a little snippet. Um, and yeah, then so they, I'm you know, I'm planning to have a storyboard all all thought out, and then when mm -hmm. we when we meet on that day, I'm I'm gonna take them through how to shoot how to set the cameras to shoot the video. And then we'll, I'll actually assign tasks and roles and say, all right, you know, the two of you pair up. I want you to shoot this scene. And then the two, two more people pair up and shoot this other scene. And then at the end of the day, everyone come back. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll copy their footage from the SD cards into my computer. I'll edit it and I'll put it together into a video. Um, and of course, I'll, I'll credit properly, you know, whoever shot what mm -hmm. segment. Um, and then we can have a video that is shot by the community. Um, and that, that's actually a great great idea uh mm. you know a video by the community for the community i guess exactly and, exactly you know as opposed to always just seeing you know just the one person's uh, i guess perspective on it so yeah. I, I think that's a great great in, um uh, initiative on that one so really eager to 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 see how that um, plays out so uh so just another reminder for those um who just said they just joined us so there's going to be an, an event next saturday here in melbourne so unfortunately uh, ian being based in melbourne and all um you know Oh, you know, this event is, is just for the Melbourne members anyway, uh, for now. So eventually we're going to hopefully you know, expand this out to some of the other major cities. Yeah. But um, we're just focusing on, on, on the Melbourne for now. Yeah. So I'm, I'm for those of you who are in, in, in the other states who want to get involved, um, I have been thinking a lot about you guys. I haven't just said, you know, hey, I'm just going to do this for myself and for Melbourne. <laughs> um, and... and Part of the reason for doing these videos is so that the knowledge is captured and transferable. 
and and so hopefully I can work with some of the other admins and reps and uh, get them uh, skilled up or, or even maybe someone from from the community in those states who want to put their hand up and say hey I want to take this and I'll run with it and I want to see you know how, how how many people I can get to shoot video on their Fujifilm cameras um, yeah if that's the case uh, yeah reach out to us uh, drop, drop us a message drop us a line an email and uh yeah we'll, we'll definitely try and, and and get things happening for you yeah 100 percent. so yeah you know for, for all you video uh, shooters out there um and, and i know you know some you know we have we do have some 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 great talents in the community because i have seen some of the videos that they've posted so if you guys are keen or interested in you know helping ian um and participate in in, in getting this uh, sort of for for your local area or, or, or major city now reach out to us, uh, and you know you can either just flick uh, Ian turn a, uh, a a direct PM. You can also send us an email to fujixoz at gmail.com and uh, just you know introduce yourself and um, say that yeah you, you want to be a part of it. Fantastic. Cool. Excellent. All right. Look, um, I did promise that we're going to try and keep, you know, uh, all our uh, episodes, future episodes short. So that's all we have time for today, guys. Once again, thank you for tuning in. Um, you know, it's been well received and we hope to bring out more of these episodes, continually you know, bring these out, uh, bring in more content, uh, you know, discussions around the forums, bring them forward. And, you know, if you guys have any uh, discussion points you guys would like us to cover, any topics, please send us an email, flick us a PM. Um, and also, if you're tuning in, uh, you know, on your mobile devices, uh, highly encourage you guys to download the Anchor.fm app. It's available on both Android and um, Apple iOS. And uh, the, one of the great features of that is the ability to record a voice message, uh, which you guys would have probably heard uh, Lee DeBrose um, and, and his uh, message at, at the start of this session. So. Uh, yeah, so that's all we have time for today. Once again, thank you, and I uh, hope you guys can join us in the next episode. Cheers. See you guys. If you're looking for an active, friendly Fuji community in Australia, come and check us out at FujiXOz on Facebook or visit our website at www.fujixoz.com.au.